<laughs> Why, hello there. Hello. And hello, listeners. Um, this is a addendum, a prequel. It's a sequel, actually, technically. Yeah. Errata. I think it's mostly a preface. Preface. Okay, good. Yeah, so welcome to this preface for a Plus Expenses episode. Plus Expenses is the show that we record before we record our show that goes out to all of our Patreon backers over at patreon.com slash 200 a day. Um, and it's where we talk about what's going on in our lives and media stuff that we've been into and uh, things that we want to complain about, uh, etc. The reason that you are hearing this now, if you are not a Patreon backer, uh, which is absolutely understandable and we value all of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a weird way. <clears throat> no, it was good. <laughs> I think <laughs> we love all of our listeners. We love some a little better than others, but, but... only because they give us money. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we really appreciate, uh, uh, support of the show. Um, the monetary support goes a really long way towards keeping us actually continuously doing it as opposed to mm-hmm. occasionally doing it. Um, but obviously we wouldn't do it if people weren't listening and giving us feedback and letting us know that they like the show. That's all amazing stuff. So, uh, so this is a plus expenses going out on our public feed. So you, so those of you who haven't had a chance to hear one before, um, kind of get a sense of, of what's over there at the Patreon, but also this is syncing up with a pretty big change in our, well, in my life particularly, but, uh, kind of a, a, a tumultuous time um and so uh because most of our updates really do go out to the patreon um here is a kind of more public update about the show and what's uh what's happening so uh listeners for a while may have noticed that we kind of go between a two episode a month to one episode a month posting pattern it kind of depends on time of year and busyness and whatnot um i can say that for the foreseeable future we will be going to back to one episode a month, primarily because uh, I, in addition to, you know, recording and doing all the research and whatnot, uh, I also do the editing of the show and I am now a parent. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, kicking off 2020, um, my wife and I welcomed a uh, wonderful baby into our lives. And as you might imagine, um, you know, I have to be much more smart about how I use my time for a while. So just having uh, just having one one editing gig a month um, is going to fit much better uh, into my life for a while. So that's happening. But yeah. we also talked about that on this plus expenses as kind of a preview of coming attractions. This is the preface to the 2020 edition, right? That was that was late 2019. And so much has changed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so so what you're going to hear after this is going to be uh, a flashback to um, December of 2019, the state of the podcast, the state of our lives at that moment in time. Uh, and uh, we don't release those timely. I don't I don't know uh, about Nathan, but I've had this experience now where people will uh, respond to me about something we've said either in an episode or in a plus expenses as if we're picking up the conversation right where it left off. I think our delay between when we record them and when they're released is probably two months, I think. It's between between a month and two months, again, depending on time of year. Because sometimes yeah. we're able to, we record a bunch in like two weeks, and then they come yeah. out over the next two months. So they will slowly accordion the amount of time between when they were recorded yeah. and when they're yeah. released. And, and my... my ancient brain has lost track of what we said the previous time and i i usually have to take a moment to figure out uh what exactly we were talking about but uh, i mean i'm not complaining i do mm-hmm. enjoy talking about the stuff that's why we talk about it in the podcast but i uh that's why this update right because right. uh the previous one was recorded just before life-changing events and <laughs> now we need to to just let people know what's happening with those life-changing events. Yeah. And also, we're going to talk a little bit about um, uh, a stunt we're going to pull. We have we have a good gimmick coming up. Should we, should we go right into that? Uh, in our Plus Expenses, we also discuss an upcoming event for you that has ended up going in a different direction, I think, than you had anticipated. So oh, yes. uh, if you don't mind giving us a, maybe a little update about that. Yeah. Uh, I being supremely jealous of Nathan, uh, I wanted to also welcome in, uh, someone into my home, <laughs> uh, 
my wife and I decided we wanted to help out a network of trans asylum seekers here in the U.S. to try and uh, get, offer our home, because we have plenty of space in our home, uh, to uh, someone who is leaving a bad situation in their country and uh, coming into kind of a bad situation in our country and trying to, to, to alleviate that as best we can. And when last we recorded the podcast, we were um, paired up with uh, an asylum seeker who was in a detention center and uh, uh, facing the uh, appeals process. I don't under... I'm not a lawyer, so I don't understand all the different legal steps that this person has gone through. But she was denied the ability to leave the detention center twice through two different hearings for two different reasons. It's one of those technical things where I'm not entirely sure if this is just uh, her asylum was denied or, or whatever. But she has chosen not to appeal it. Uh, we, it's a kind of, mm-hmm. bit of a heartbreaking situation because we, yeah. we were ready to to help this person out, but the system is definitely pushing against us. Uh, So the situation that we're in now is kind of a limbo. Mm -hmm. We don't know what her fate is, uh, but we're fairly certain that it won't involve living with us. But that's just sort of where we stand now. Mm -hmm. So that's the sad news. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, unfortunately, kind of, I mean, very unfortunately, very a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm very sad to hear that. And it sucks that this is the system that we live in. Yeah. So, like, in this, in the upcoming plus expenses you'll hear, uh, I I probably sound hopeful about what's coming. (laughs) And I am still hopeful. We're still working with the network and we're still trying to see where we fit in and how Mm -hmm. we can help out. Um, But in in the very specific instance, uh, that has not come to fruition in the way that we, we had hoped. But fortunately... Uh, Nathan's situation <laughs> did come to fruition in the way we would hope. <laughs> it has come to the fruition, and I'm, uh, I feel like as someone who has, you know, kind of seen a lot of my peers having kids a little, you know, earlier in their lives and everything, um, all the language around having a kid just is so, it's also so kind of commodified. Like there's a whole, I believe I yeah. mentioned the baby industrial punk complex in, uh, plus expenses, <laughs> but everything about being pregnant, having a kid, all the stuff is like very commercialized, um, in our, in our society. So it's hard for me to like use particular phrases without feeling like they're really right i don't know banal and bad but yeah we're you know it's uh she's she's a mitzvah mm-hmm. you know she's really great and excellent. now i get to learn how to be a dad which is pretty excellent <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun adventure. Um, one other thing I wanted to note for what you are going to hear is that we also go into talking about a show that neither of us have seen. Um, thanks to oh, a yes. listener a while ago. Now we got an email from, uh, uh, I think we've, we've had some, in some of our specials, I think we've uh, given a shout out before, but uh, Sean Walsh, who listens to the show, mm-hmm. sent us an email about a, another seventies detective show called Banachek. Um, I had never heard of it. You had kind of, heard of it um and so we kind of talk about that show we look it up and go into um what sean has to say about it because they sent a really great little write-up um an email as well so we kind of go through that and kind of explore the possibility space of this show that sounds pretty cool that neither of us have seen and uh comparing it to you know other you know shows of the era so that is a fun conversation that Hopefully it will be fun for all of you to hear. And another big thanks to Sean for the setting yeah. us down a new road. I still haven't watched it <laughs> because, as you would imagine, things got busy. <laughs> a little busy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm glad it's on my radar. With all of the prequel to coming events right. stated, we also have a preview of a later set of coming events um <laughs> as we record this we're we're getting ever closer to uh to march which is when we uh traditionally indulge in the uh college basketball craziness known as march yeah. madness uh i'm not particularly a huge basketball fan i have nothing against it i just don't really watch a lot of sports well i don't watch a lot of fake sports i watch the king of sports pro wrestling right. but all those all those <laughs> fake sports i don't watch too much um 
You've, but, you've worked in an office, though, right? Because <laughs> if you've worked in an office, you've done March Madness. I've managed to thread this strange needle in my life where anywhere that I worked that would do March Madness is full of people who don't do March Madness. Like, oh, okay. Like theaters. Yes. Oh, that's true. Yes. <laughs> or like art school office. Like, yeah. you know, it's just culturally, it's uh, the only places where people don't don't pay attention to this kind of stuff too, too much. But yes, uh, the, the fun of it is the bracket right the tournament bracket yeah you uh go through you make your picks about who's going to advance to the next round etc etc um and this happens to coincide with us coming up on about the halfway point of the rockford files yes in terms of episode count um we uh were about halfway through the total number of shows uh and movies which is wild for a moment i want to like reflect on that bit uh i i I don't know if plus expensive listeners are, are sick of hearing this from me, but I, <laughs> I marvel at the fact that we are, are doing this, uh, this, this thing that's just like, Hey, we both like this show. What if we talk about it? And then it becomes sustainable and it's a thing that, that we can enjoy together with a bunch of other people. Mm. The fact that people still reach out to us and say, Hey, I really enjoyed, you know, episode 60 of mm-hmm. our, <laughs> of our podcast. When I, it still to me feels like we're we're just started off doing. Yeah. I don't know. Like there's just something about it that I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get here? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, so kind of in the name. So I had this kind of idea at some at some point in the last year of oh, we should do like a full like uh, 64 episode March Madness bracket. Um, yeah. And then we've been talking about it a little bit, and I think the structure sounds fun, but uh, you pointed out that maybe there would be a more interesting way to talk about the actual uh, uh, brackets, the you know the right. actual regions, if you will, that would go into what what we are calling uh, Malibu Madness. Yes, Malibu Madness. Uh, yeah, so to me, one of the interesting or fun things about a bracket structure like this, not to get too nerdy about it, but not to is get that, too game designy about it. Yeah, yeah, um, is that it's not a particularly good way to pit the best of the best against each other because mm-hmm. the best of the best could be paired up against each other in the first round right uh which guarantees that the uh from there on out you never see the best of the best against each other because one of them has to beat the other right the second place will then never be the actual second best yes yeah. in, in that structure yeah. so rather than trying to fix that i enjoy it when you can lean into it the idea here is that instead of taking 64 episodes and pitting them against each other uh, to find out uh, in our structure which one would come out on top, Hmm. we would take different categories of things we can arbitrarily rate or pit against each other in the Rockford Files. So we might have one section that are eight episodes that we think could compete to be the top eight episodes of the ones we've discussed so far. We can have another one that is the reoccurring uh, cast of characters uh, that aren't Jim himself uh, <laughs> and pit those against each other to see who might come out on top. Uh, we could have another category that are the eight best car chases that we've seen in all of the episodes that we had. Mm-hmm. We could have a category that are the uh, eight reoccurring uh, actors who play different roles because we do have some wonderful actors that mm-hmm. come back and play a different character. Or maybe the eight uh, answering machine messages or <laughs> eight bits of just Rockford dialogue because mm-hmm. there's some gorgeous dialogue. And then as those sift out and, and choose their champions, then you end up with the sort of nonsense that I love, which is the best bit of dialogue versus the best reoccurring character (laughs) to see who's going to go against the best car chase versus the best overall episode. Right. You know, (laughs) like that's just a fun nonsense structure for us to talk about everything that we love about the show. Uh, Exactly. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, it might be a little hard to imagine like best answering machine message going up against best recurring cast character. Right. Because right. like, is there an answering machine message that's better than Angel? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I doubt it, but maybe. Um, yeah, who knows? Like, who knows? <laughs> 
which whichever one bubbles to the top, we might be going, oh my God, we've we've actually ignored great. this for yeah. so long. Okay, so here's the plan. Uh in March, we will have two episodes. Uh I, I feel like I can commit to that. Um, okay. And they will not be reviews of the show. They will be two halves of our Malibu madness. So we will, uh, in our first episode in March, we will be, um, we'll be filling out all of the brackets, um, mm -hmm. and talking about all those entries and maybe do the first round. Um, sure. and then our second episode will be the semi or the quarterfinals through the finals to crown our Malibu madness, uh, champion 2020. Not to get into this live. <laughs> live uh but are we running polls are, are we just deciding amongst ourselves are we are we doing that concurrently uh i was thinking we do it concurrently so okay yeah so the purpose of this being on this recording that's going out to all of our listeners among other reasons is to uh let you know that we will be putting up at least some of these up either for a vote probably through patreon but it'll be a public poll and we'll tweet out the link and stuff um or if you have suggestions for yeah. individual entrants, you can either tweet at us at 200pod or email us at 200adaypodcast at gmail.com. Um, I had to disable the contact form on our website because we were getting a ton of spam, um, oh, which was really yeah. just an annoying to deal with. But you can email um, or if you're a patron, get in touch through Patreon. We'll also put up a post about this on Patreon uh, or just tweet at us. But right now we should go ahead and hash out what our brackets should be, what our regions should be. I think sure. you threw out a yeah. bunch of good ideas. Let's, let's pin them down now. And then if listeners have, uh, want to, want to go to bat for a particular entrant, they can right. let us know and we'll incorporate those into our, just us settling out what we think should go and and we'll sure. kind of decide on the seeds and stuff and maybe if there's a bunch of people who like like maybe if we get a suggestion for something and it's something we already had maybe we'll bump it up to a first seed or something like that yeah yeah the purview is only episodes that we have reviewed on the show so far yes and so what we want are four categories in which there will be eight entrants we're going to do a 64 bracket. 64, that's eight. Eight times eight, right? Eight categories. Unless you think that's too much. Shall we do... Uh, that's a good question. Well, let's talk about let's this. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Can we, can we come up with eight categories? Right. So, I mean, episode, is that worth breaking out? Is it like... See, that was the thing. If there's one to drop, I think it's the episode just because uh, it is... I think it would just dominate. But yeah. maybe I'm wrong. I mean, that's the whole point of these is that you, you mm -hmm. can't uh, actually tell. Um, but let's... Okay, so let's list them real quick here. Okay, so episode... I'm going to... I'm taking notes here. So kind of okay. the ones we've already mentioned. Four doesn't seem like enough. Yeah. I, let's do eight. We could do eight. Are these all the same superlative? Are these all best, right? Yeah, I think uh, because that is um, it's completely arbitrary. Right, exactly. And that's what, that's what you want. All right, so we got best episode, best recurring character who isn't Jim, or it's like cat recurring cast. Uh, yeah, uh, that'll be an easy one to fill out. We know what as we far mean. as... Yeah. Episode, recurring core character. We liked a uh, recurring actor. Yeah. And that one, I'm not sure if we have enough for eight. Like, are there? Like, we might have to do a little bit of research on that one. Yeah. Um, best car chase. Best car chase. I mean, if we're doing eight, we should do best answering machine message. Because mm -hmm. if nothing else, we at least get a champion in each region. Yeah. Uh, best line of dialogue. Right. I would say best not best goon in terms of individual but like best goons and i'm i'm not sure if that's by episode like best the best goons are in these episodes or if it's like the mob goon the fbi goon goon typologies yeah that's that's a good question we might might go with like best heavy and then you could have your typo goon typologies in it maybe see so because you could have like the mob boss versus the mob well or like best villain well no because villains are different from goons yeah if we just do best antagonists and we leave that open because so, there's then we can have like john saxon's character uh the urban horticulturalist <laughs> like there's definitely yeah. uh eight major villains that there's we eight, come like, up with villains yeah we should at least have that. So here's the thing. Like I was going to say, like, do we do best, like best use, like best use of food, best use of money? Oh, oh, okay. So here's the thing. Uh, and maybe this is revealing how the sausage is made, but, uh, we are looking also at something that it would be easy for us to research without having to go back and rewatch all the episodes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 
that may not work. I think the most borderline of all the ones we've mentioned so far would be the car chases mm-hmm. in that category of like easy to research. Mm-hmm. Um, how many do we have right now? We have so we have more than eight now. If food and money are separate, also if we have goons and villains as separate, those are two different categories. Yeah. Um, in the name of just kind of throwing stuff out, and then we'll we'll edit this down maybe. Um, what yeah. about I think like best like best weird premise. I mean, I, I know what you're getting at. Or the best con. Idea. Oh, the best con might work. Uh, we, we Maybe we could say the, the best con. Which is a wide, like, that covers, that could be a Rockford con. That could be the con Whether being played it on someone. or fails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's best, best yeah. con in terms of, like, making a fun episode. Yeah, yeah. Like, best con plot, not best success of a con although there's like these little moments that aren't like the whole episode like mm-hmm. when jim cons his way into like uh yeah well i feel like that would be different like there's best con like as an episode yeah. scale and then there's like best jim con <laughs> yeah uh because we don't have anything about jim yet actually because he's exempt from the recurring categories, right? Yeah, no, you're right. Maybe we should do like a best, well, we'll call it Jim Con for now. But I think that there's definitely the best, um, the best way he's, he's talked himself into a place. How about the, the most Rockfordness moment or something like that? Yeah, there, there's a, um, a writer for the old Doctor Who, who he passed away recently, uh, Terrence Dix, who used to say hey, that uh, every episode had to have a moment of whoishness. Yeah, Emily started using the term Rockford Rockfordishness in our live episode. I think is where I started picking that up. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Best moment of Rockfordishness. And I feel like, but that's like that's a good catch-all wild card category. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like something that we haven't thought of that we're like this needs to be honored in some way. Right. All right. So that's so if these are split apart as opposed to combining into ones that might be combined, that's 13. So I think we can Okay, that's plenty to choose from then. Even though we do like the food and money, I do think that those are less interesting to more work to find and less interesting to talk about because they're just kind of little <clears throat> they're kind of little moments. And if one is superlative, it could fall under Rockfordishness yeah. fairly easily. All right. So are Jim Con and Rockfordishness separate? Let's let's say yes. Okay. I feel like uh, I feel like we can easily come up with eight different Jim Cons. Yeah. So I I, w- I would agitate for taking out recurring actor A because I'm not sure how many of them are really that we've seen so far like i can think of like two or three off the top of my head but that'll take like more research are they mostly background characters i'm i'm okay with that too because i'm also slightly uncomfortable with it like and that's also not fictional yeah i was gonna say i didn't didn't suggest like best director or best writer because i don't want to pitch pit uh people against each other i want to pit the so yeah, well, and also recurring that. actor. Like, what are we not going to end up saying? Billings, like the guy who plays Billings, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of similar for best answering machine. Like, it's that's almost more Rockfordishness, like a really good one. Yeah, yeah. Do I really need to like listen to a bunch of them to come up with eight that I really like because they are a little arbitrary? But if you feel strongly about it, no, uh, no, we could drop that. Uh, I think that one actually, if we wanted to, we could we could just throughout March just run twitter polls on them Mm, mm -hmm. and just that's it like those don't require commentary yeah or in fact they may not even inspire (laughs) yeah most of them are like oh that's a fun bit okay so that does bring us down to nine so we can cut we have one more cut okay so what we have right now are best episode best recurring core character other than jim best Mm -hmm. car chase best line of dialogue best villain best goons in terms of best goon typology i think right Best con episode scale, best Jim con, a specific fun thing that Jim does, and then most Rockfordishness as our wild card catch all category. Yeah. Does oh, one of those okay. stick out as less interesting or harder to do? There's two pairs that overlap a bit, right? Like there's the con and the Jim con. Mm-hmm. And the Jim con also does overlap a bit with Rockfordishness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the villains and the goon that kind of overlap too. Uh, can we come up with eight categories of goons? It depends on how wide the typology goes, I guess. Do we start differentiating between local mob goons and New York mob goons? 
Right. Like, is that fun or is that stretching just to fill the category? Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll drop that one for now, too. Some of the goons are just very Rockford-y. So yeah. maybe that's yeah. where my favorite goons, maybe I'll, I'll sneak them into the Rockford-ishness. Rockford-ishness. Okay. Sounds good. Because villains are more fun to talk about. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, so that's eight. Um, is it best Jim Con or is it, like, best Jim, like, bit? Is this all just things that, that he does... In order to gain information, or is this like making uh, making business cards on his printing yeah, press, <laughs> or like keeping the gun in the cookie jar? Like, is that a gym bit, or is that a rock traditionist? Yeah, that's a hard one to. Uh, maybe maybe let's narrow that down so that it doesn't bleed into rock traditionist too much. Mm-hmm. So we just call it uh, best moment of gym fast talking or something like that. Best gym fast talk. Yeah. And that also differentiates a little bit from Khan, where he's like setting up a con, because that's not fast yeah. talk. Because if we're going to do best Jib Khan, I, I would nominate, uh, oh man, I can't remember, the one that he has to go through and explain to Angel over and over again. Yes, yeah. And Angel's like, this isn't going to work, and it doesn't. Chicken Little is a little chicken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, which. Because ultimately, each pair of brackets will play each other. Right. So we kind of, so the pairs are, yeah, how do we want to pair these? Right. Like, do we want like and like, like core character versus villain? Or do we want like and unlike? I think it's unlike like and unlike. Because I think what what you want is you want to come down to Rocky versus the urban horticulturist. <laughs> In the end. Right. <laughs> right. Or like the queen of Peru versus, you know, bees uh die of loneliness yes exactly yeah <laughs> not to uh forecast our picks but <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you want the ending to be more epic than the uh, the beginning right so all right so i'll just go from the top and we'll figure out the best pair so what pairs best with best episode episode versus uh hmm, that's hard because these all occur inside episodes uh episode versus core character yeah sure because those are both just like big like those will knock out anything yeah. else yeah or oh my god this is very hard to do this was the it? hardest one episode versus dialogue like biggest and smallest or is it best episode versus most rockfordishness like are See, those the two biggest thinking, categories that might be it uh so that we don't just have them dominate each other's each each of their partners yeah yeah We'll do that for now and see if that makes sense. Okay, so recurring core character is another heavy. Yeah. Um, oh, that one we could just pit, pit against a dialogue, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. I think those are sufficiently different. Okay, best car chase. Um, um, maybe car chase versus villain? Yeah, actually, I was just thinking that. Is it best villain? Is it most? Is it just best to keep it open for different kinds of villains? I think so. I think we want to be able to like justify it and then lose lose that justification when you're up against something else <laughs> right great and so that leaves um so that does leave best con versus best gym fast talk sure uh well let's get that over with in the beginning then because <laughs> they're sufficiently close that uh maybe it wouldn't be interesting if it came down to those two at the very end yeah yeah i see what you're saying i think i've i've put forth like contradictory theories of what makes this interesting but i think i'm sticking to them here let me pitch this and see what you think so if we swap uh jim fast talk with dialogue then we would get recurring core character versus jim fast talk and best con versus best dialogue okay yeah do those seem yeah that that's fine they're not samey enough that they yeah and I feel like there's a fun conversation to be had of like, yeah, of like the benefit of, of like micro macro, like, yeah, like what makes it fun? Like, is it the whole story? Is it the little bit? Um, the recurring character versus Jim Fast Talk. And I like that because that's kind of pitting the characters against Jim. Yeah. <laughs> is, is Beth better than the best Jim Fast Talk? She might be. Yeah. She might yeah. be. I, I'm having trouble envisioning a world where our winner for core character doesn't end up winning the, the series. <laughs> like, I feel like the core character decision is going to be the toughest one. Mm. And then once you do that, you're like, 
well, how can it not be this person I've grown to love? <laughs> right. But that's okay. I think it'll be having division champions will be yeah. will be worthwhile. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, we've hashed it out. This is this is the process. This is how the sausage is yes. made, everyone. <laughs> and this will go up on our Patreon uh, as a public post, so you can go check yep. it out there. Um, we'll also be tweeting about it as we get into March. But uh, we will post the brackets, and um, uh, we will sit down at some point this month and come up with our list, and then we will, you know, incorporate any feedback we've gotten by then. Yeah. Once you hear this, uh, if you have any thoughts, go ahead and get those to us before the end of uh, February. Yeah, that sounds good. And then we'll we'll finalize our bracket March yeah. 1st, and then we'll go from there. How about that? Sounds good. And, and uh, I, I definitely encourage people to tell us what they think, because I think... Some of these categories, well, actually, once you get started, you fill these categories pretty fast. Yeah. I think it's going to be helpful to have uh, listener feedback to make the decisions about which ones go into the category. Mm -hmm. I think we can easily fill these categories, but we can also easily fill 16 into each category or something right. like that. And so having the user feedback early is going to help us to narrow kind of that weight down. how they go in seed-wise, yeah. which I think we won't overthink too much. It's It's supposed to be fun. <laughs> this is yeah. We are we are creating a structure just so that we can keep talking about the Rockford Files without having to watch an episode. So yes, it's good times. <laughs> um, awesome. So yeah. So uh, you know, stay tuned. Yeah, we'll be talking about this um, in the episodes that start dropping in March. Yeah. Uh, our next episode this month will be the second of our two part journey into Anthony Boy Gaglio. Oh yeah, um, the man who saw the alligators, which is very exciting. Um, so it's a nice little nice little chunk of fun uh off the beaten path Rockford character mm. study drama, I think. Um and stay tuned right now to go back in time to hear us talk about how our lives were immediately <laughs> prior to the holidays and to recording the uh man who saw the alligators episode. Um yeah, enjoy. Yeah, gotta get back in time. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead? I've heard of it. I've not seen it. It's a 95 film, uh, which is not something I knew off the top of my head. I just looked it up now. Uh, I remember watching. I don't know if it's a good film. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if it entertained me. I can't offer any review except to say my friend Navik and I went to see it. There were like a couple phrases in the film that people were using over and over again. Mm-hmm that felt like they were trying to make them... Make them catchphrases? Yeah. What's the... Oh, God. Now I'm trying to think of another film. Is it uh, Mean Girls, where they, like, stop trying to make fetch a thing? Uh, I don't know where that comes from. It might come from but Mean anyways, Girls. Yeah. Uh, in this one, it was give it a name and boat drinks. Those were two phrases. <laughs> I don't even know what they meant. I don't even know the context. I just remember that Navik and I used them all the time afterwards mm -hmm. to mean nothing. Just nonsensical. <laughs> Give it a name. Anyways, uh, if you're a big Andy Garcia fan, I'd watch it. That is a strong opening to Plus Expenses. One of our stronger openings. <laughs> How have you been? Uh, okay. Um, I was going to say we were a little out of practice. Yeah. I feel like it has been so long since we did a recording. Last I saw you, we were live, but we weren't recording. Right. Uh, I did, yes, we, we have been able to spend some time together, just not for the show. On the mean streets of Chicago. They were pretty mean. I don't know. Were they mean? No. Actually, everyone was very pleasant. Was, <laughs> uh, I enjoyed some really good, really affordable Chicago food that day and some okay, super expensive Chicago food that day. Mm, so that was... Okay. <laughs> the... Uh, I, the um, tamales that we had were good i really enjoyed them mm -hmm. uh and that whole experience was fun uh, but the little goat diner mm -hmm. that was it was all right yeah. <laughs> and then and then i paid a bill mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean little goat is the so for those who are not either celebrity chef followers or chicago food scene knowers right. which is only 
two people in our audience, I would guess. I mean, I think <laughs> right. most of them. Yeah, you all already know what I'm saying here. Um, yeah. So Little Goat Diner is the uh, down market extension of Little Goat. Mm-hmm. There's a, a celebrity-ish chef named Stephanie Izard who started that. And, uh, it, you know, the original concept was it was a is goat based um and uh before i god i feel like this was so long ago this is probably like the late aughts early 2010s um i don't know if that's when it opened or that's when it became a thing but uh anyway i mentioned it because before it was before i stopped eating meat Liz ah. and i went there you know we're in chicago you know there's all mm-hmm. this great food we should experience some of it um so we went to little goat twice uh and the first time was amazing and the second time i think because i already kind of knew what to expect it was like yeah this is still good but you know how when you don't really know what you're getting into and then if it is good that kind of like i think that sticks in your mind more than if you're like yeah i know what this is going to be and yes it is good yeah um but the things that are really great on that menu are the meat dishes like that's the concept (laughs) (laughs) so not the what I not what I ordered. Right. So so Little Goat Diner is like the more like affordable, less intense version. And I've I think I've yeah. eaten there once and I don't really remember it. It was fine. Um yeah. So But I enjoyed myself all around. Mm-hmm. Uh that was a fun trip. Got to meet uh, a bunch of people. Yeah. And how have the rest of your journeys been? It sounds like it's been a bit of an oh, ordeal. Man, it was well, the end of it was an ordeal. Hmm. So to, to give our listeners an understanding of what I was up to, I was in Chicago because that is between where I live and where my family lives in Denver. And I was driving with my parents out to Denver. We stopped in Chicago, visited uh, yourself and an old family friend, uh, and then did a 16-hour driving stint <laughs> starting at 3 in the morning. Uh, to, That's so much. Denver. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, part of it was very pleasant because it was just like a gentle landscape where you just watched a whole bunch of giant windmills go by. Right, like that yeah. was it. That was the, the extent of it. Uh, but by the time we got close enough to Denver to get traffic, it was also snowing and it was just kind of that the very end of it when we were all very tired. Yeah, that's the worst. Was the worst driving. But we got there. It was pleasant. Uh, got to see family. That was good. Got to go to Mile High Comics. If you are a comic book fan and you're ever in Denver, I highly recommend it. It's this gargantuan warehouse that uh, has like a special place in my heart. I had never been to it until uh, my family moved out to Denver, but the ads are all <laughs> over my old comics, right? Because they mm-hmm. would, you know, they would do mail order comics or whatever. And so uh, to me, it was a place like, yeah. like when you're a kid and you, you, you live in rural Ohio, uh, you don't have access to even like a comic book store. You spend time staring at those ads thinking, maybe I can, maybe I can mail order <laughs> something you know and like what is this mile high comics like that they have all the comic books Mm -hmm. so that was fun uh but then when it came time to come back the trip back was uneventful it was between two different storms Mm -hmm. uh like right after one in denver and the midwest and then we landed got home around 1 a.m this is just the litany of, of stuff we had to deal with here um just before we went on vacation our car got totaled Right. So we had to buy a new car, but we needed to rent a car. And due to various bureaucracies and certain car rental places being open at certain times at night near the airport, we actually had to rent one one car then to drive us home and then go and get our car rental for the temporary replacement for our totaled car and return the original car (laughs) rental, go to the bank finalize the loan, get home, come down with a horrible stomach bug, get a foot and a half of snow dropped on us, discovered that while we were out, a mouse moved in and decided that the countertops and the cast iron skillet in my kitchen made the best bathroom. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It was was horrendous. That sucks so much. (laughs) 
So uh, I was like just almost completely out of it because whatever whatever this bug was, it not only caused gastrointestinal situations, but also just wiped me out. Uh, but also we couldn't just sleep. We had to shovel because we had to like do a bunch of car switching right. and all of that. But we got through it mm-hmm. and we're, we're on the other side. And, and I'm happy for that. Yay. Yay. Uh, how about yourself? What have you been up to since last I saw you? Um, good question. Um, not too much and a lot. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, yeah. So, uh, as you know, and, mm. uh, other, other close friends and family, uh, my wife and I are expecting a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Plus expenses, fans. Welcome, <laughs> well, welcome to the uh, the inner circle. No, it's not like it's been a secret. It's just that uh, uh, neither her nor I really want to be extremely online ab- about it. Yeah, because yeah. of all the things that seem like they are really dumb to try and deal with, one of those <laughs> one of those things seems to be uh, getting into parental advice on the internet. So, oh god. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so she's due at the end of the month, uh, right after, um, right between Christmas and New Year's. We've kind of transitioned, kind of, we've had kind of a hard transition into like baby prep. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, we've been getting things from our registry, which is great. Uh, Just kind of starting to accumulate items. (laughs) There's lots of stuff involved. Um, Yeah, yeah. It's been kind of cool. That, uh, to like kind of uh, try and approach things kind of smartly and be like, all right, what do we actually need versus what are we going to discover we need and stuff like that. But also, uh, as you might imagine, because there's this whole baby industrial complex, there's lots of stuff out there. So, uh, yeah. Liz has been pretty on top of the local, like, Facebook mommy groups. Mm-hmm. And we've been, like, getting stuff, like, picking up stuff secondhand from, you know, people who used it for their recent newborn. But then they grow out of things and you don't need this thing anymore. So. Yeah. And it's all That's fine. Good. Like, it's all perfectly usable and good shape stuff because it's only used for two months. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's, uh, so that's been kind of interesting, kind of getting into that world. Um, but yeah. Uh, so we've been doing that kind of stuff. I've been trying to kind of wrap up projects. Uh, I think pretty much entirely between the last time we recorded and this recording, I had the Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. (laughs) For for one more thing. I don't remember if it launched after we recorded or if I just launched it when we recorded, but it just ended yesterday. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. No, I was just gonna say I don't remember. But yeah, so that uh, that was kind of a I I had anticipated a little more active interest in the beginning of the campaign. Uh, so it was a little stressful, but we did end up uh, funding kind of in the last day or so, um, which is great. So now it is going to happen. Yeah. Like we'd kind of staged out a plan for different levels of success. Yeah. And. We basically hit the minimum level, which is fine because that's also kind of the uh, shortest timeline. Yeah, it's like it, it is the, the most flexible in terms of like how much time we need to spend to get it done. Um, it's not a whole bunch of prep to like go to a printer overseas and stuff like that, like which would extend the timeline and be more work and all those things. One of the fundamental bad feedback loops in Kickstarter, I'm just going to say it bad, is that um, the gambling side of Kickstarter, right? The part (laughs) where you look at it and you watch that number go up and you're like, how far is that going to go, right? Uh, Is marked by these milestones that you arbitrarily create. (laughs) Uh, But the milestones tend to be Oh, man, if you're at least smart about it, if you're at least cautious about it, they tend to be the minimum of what you need to pull off what you're saying you're going to do. Right. So you're saying uh, this game will fund at $1,000, but if we hit $2,000, it'll be full color, right? And so what you're saying is uh, at $2,000, we can afford to do, you know, the the full color thing. So you get excited the closer it gets to 2000 and you really wanted to hit 2000 and that's the exciting bit. But really what you wanted to do is just fall a penny short of 2000. Yeah, exactly. Because that gives you the most margin without adding more stuff. 
so the feedback loop is to to put you in the least advantageous position. Like it's the it gives you the worst result for the level that you're at mm-hmm. uh, is the most exciting part of the feedback loop uh, because you're like, oh, if we could just get that extra dollar, and it's like, no. <laughs> well, worst result in terms of margin. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, future uh, headaches yes, really is yeah, what it, you know. That's true. <laughs> like, I would kind of like, I've kind of come to the, to the position of, I mean, there's, there's, that could be the result of a strategy, right? Like, Mm-hmm. If the strategy is we want this to fund early so that there's excitement right. about it, but what we actually want is to print it in color and whatever. So that's yeah. the like, we'll fund it a thousand, but our actual goal, right? What we actually want is this like stretch goal at 5,000 or whatever. Yeah. That's one strategy. And I've kind of come around to be more like, I just want, like, I want to figure out what I actually want. And that will be the goal. Yeah. And then if it doesn't get to the goal, that means that there isn't enough interest in what I actually want. And I can change without having like sunk a bunch of money into something that I don't actually want. Yeah, yeah. So that was so for this campaign, that's kind of what we did. It was like I could have set a lower goal, but in terms of like making the numbers work and and getting to what we actually want it to be, because we're going to it's going to end up being like a print on demand version of it. Right. But we can do that in bulk to get some cost savings and we can assemble the pieces from a couple vendors to make it like a little nicer than doing it all through one and stuff like that. And it's, so it's kind of like to make that effort worth it. This is what the goal needs to be. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Plus, and it also builds in a little bit of profit margin and a little bit of like breathing space if something goes wrong and all that stuff. Um, and then what I realized during the campaign, uh, the other thing is I, we, we chose to, to defer the uh, shipping costs and do those through backer kit, which I traditionally have not really been interested in backer kit, but because this is a more yeah. of a, because this is a box. So it's more of a board game. I think shipping is going to be more complicated. And also because of things, mm-hmm. the possibility of if it did, it, you know, have a great response and we did hit our big goal to like do an overseas print run tariff stuff comes into play. Who knows how that's going to change? Uh, who knows how postal rates are going to change? Yeah. Everything is chaos, right? Um, so for this one, we kind of, I kind of built in the margin to be able to do backer kit and do all of the shipping down the line with backer kit, figure out exactly what it actually costs everyone and be like, all right, you know, here's the, here's the shipping. It comes a couple months later after the original pledge and everything. Um, but what that meant for the campaign, which, what I realized while I was watching it in the first couple weeks was like, Oh, my internalized sense of, Kickstarter progression is based on a model where the shipping is built into the pledge levels, which means that when Mm. someone pledges, there's basically more money going towards the goal. Yes. Yes. So you get, so you hit the goal with lower backer counts. If you have your yeah. uh, shipping built in. So I'm like watching, I'm like, man, this feels like it's just crawling along. And I'm like, oh, right. Because there would be an extra six, seven, eight dollars per person. So this yeah. hundred, these hundred backers, we would be almost twice as, <laughs> you know, yeah. close to the goal <laughs> if they were all paying shipping right now. Yeah. Uh, and so that was a really weird dynamic for me to kind of internalize why it was different and realize, like, I'd run the numbers on it, but it's different right. when you're seeing it happen in real time. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing with, with Kickstarter is that it's, well, I mean, with all things, but like, there's, uh, you really need to be aware of your emotions uh, tied to, like, this monetary value that is changing in front of you and yeah set your expectations uh which is hard it's not an easy (laughs) thing i mean like that's it's not only hard but it's what the entire gambling industry is based on right right? like it's (laughs) it's uh it's hard in a way that uh can be used to uh con people (laughs) (laughs) so indeed uh yeah good times good times um, but yeah, overall, I'm glad that it, I would have been fine if it hadn't funded because it'd been like one less thing to do. Uh, but I am more glad that it, that it funded, but at this lowest <laughs> effort level that we need to put into it <laughs> to make it happen. That's like the happy medium in terms of getting it out into the world. It is a good game. I do think people will like it. Uh, I'm excited for it. I mean, you knew that I was, but. <laughs> so yeah, so I guess I've been working on that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, mostly just trying to get, in addition to that, just trying to get, uh, freelance work wrapped up. So it's all kind of just done in the yeah. next week or so, uh, as we go into the holidays. Yay. 
Um, and so one thing that that means for our listeners, uh, I could oh, yeah. just, just send out our December preview on the Patreon, uh, in which I, I frame it thus. Um, things have been kind of chaotic and we have been recording, but, uh, haven't been keeping up with the editing as, <laughs> as <laughs> in, in the, in the usual cadence that I try to keep. So, uh, mm-hmm. we will have this, you know, this, this that you're listening to now, um, and it's associated episode. Uh, I'm, Pretty confident those will come out in this, in this month, in December. Um, and then, you know, depending on how things go, I might be able to put out a second episode. Um, but I also might not. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, I mean, without the child on the way, <laughs> uh, it's a horrible month. Right. For, for planning anything. For some reason, uh, modern Western culture is all about hating the end of the year. <laughs> By shoving everything. Anyways, yeah. Oh, actually, okay. Let me rephrase that. By the time you hear this, it will no longer be December. That I can actually, I can pretty much oh, promise right. you. <laughs> but I, we should have, so I should have the December episode out. Um, so you're listening from the future. You already know what happened. Uh, but I think the most likely thing is that we'll have one episode in December. And then we should have these two episodes that are kind of two parts of a story that are <laughs> yes. each two, two episodes long, basically. Um, I'd like to get that all out in January. So that's a nice little like set to kick off. The year, the year 2020. I know. And then I'll be trying to, <laughs> I'll be trying to kind of edit a bunch of stuff all in the same stretch so I can just schedule it over a couple months. We'll see how it goes. It'll be, a, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep our patrons informed. Uh, but, uh, uh, we may have some more single episode months, uh, coming ahead, which is fine. Uh, we have, uh, an interesting addition to our household that is in the works, which I don't know if I told oh. you about this. It's not, it's not what, it's not what you're thinking. <laughs> it's not what you would be thinking if you were my mom right now. <laughs> you're getting more hermit crabs? No, no. <laughs> we're, so what's happening is, uh, Emily and I are sponsoring and housing a transgender asylum seeker. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So, well, not cool that that is necessary, but no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, because the state that the world is in now, uh, this is a necessary thing. We have, we have a house with some guest bedrooms. Uh, we're going to move some furniture around and create a space for her. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be like, mm-hmm. but like that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The reason why, uh, I'm bringing it up now is because it's very much on my mind. Cause right. Maybe even as we're, well, probably while we were recording, she will be going before an immigration judge, uh, to see if she can be released to us. Uh, we've, wow. we've gone like that far into the process mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't know, like they've kind of given us an idea of how it works, but I don't know specifically like what happens next or how soon that, uh, she gets released and, uh, she she's comes up here uh and the whole thing is going to be a bit of an adventure oh yeah uh which is going to also have an effect on uh <laughs> all sorts of oh, productivity yeah, for sure particularly because i i don't speak a lick of spanish mm-hmm. and uh she doesn't speak english so the one thing i'm doing today is getting another phone line Mm. on our plan <laughs> so that we can text and Google translate back and forth. Nice. Because this is the future uh, that we live in that makes that possible. Wow. Yeah. That is a hell of an adventure. So it's um, that too might have an effect on right when and how we're able to record and things going forward. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Yep. Uh, as as we have determined that this podcast is not going to uh, take over the world and yes. <laughs> be a some kind of mass market uh, featured thing, um, I assume that everyone understands that you know as as our lives change, it may have an impact on our frequency yes. <laughs> and 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 ability to do the show. Um, but uh, yeah, wow, that's really that's really exciting. I am. Wishing you and her the best of luck. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> I don't know how that how that process works or what's involved. There's uh, fortunately there's a community here of people who have been through it and have done this sort of thing and organizing, uh, and we're actually meeting with some of them tonight. So I'll cool. have a better idea of what's happening. It, there's a good 
community good support network for what's happening. I don't feel like we've signed up for something and then they they're like, good luck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's that's really good. Hmm, uh, that's awesome. And that's fortunate. Uh, but uh, well, actually, by the time this airs, because uh, 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 I I intend to do my I do my annual Epimus sale mm-hmm. which uh becomes less and less necessary every year because the uh internet is starting to do things that i was trying to do by hand mm-hmm. uh when epimus started uh but this year i'm like explicitly saying all of my epimus money is mm-hmm. going towards because she i don't I'm, I'm fairly certain she legally can't have a job yet mm-hmm. so just it's going to need support yeah. clothing and food and and all of that so uh it's uh i'm definitely going to be like hey folks this is a way you can uh, change a life this epimus here yeah that's awesome so that's that's my big exciting plan big changes big changes coming up on uh coming up for for uh for us not on the show but as we do the show <laughs> i mean it's wild if you you know taking taking a second to step back and think about it because we started our first oh, recordings yeah. were in oh god because we recorded at the end of the year and they started at the beginning yeah. of the year, but I can't, <laughs> I have to look at the date stamps to remember which into which. Okay. Our first episodes, we, we dropped our first set of episodes right before Christmas of 2016. So three years ago, just about as we record this. Wow. So we are entering into the fourth year of doing the show. <laughs> So time both flies and it seems like forever since then, <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's so weird. Well, that's so we're heading into our fourth season. Mm-hmm. The Rockford Files went for six seasons. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? But five and a half. But yes, six seasons. That's right. Because the, the last season is just two discs long. <laughs> <laughs> In the Mill Creek Rockford File DVD collection. Yeah. So th- like, actually thinking about this in... Oh, no, no. Because we, we watched a season five one uh, for, this. for this episode. Yeah. I, I'm just going to check to see where season four begins uh, in the Rockford Files. Oh, wow. We didn't do a whole lot of um, season four, huh? The earliest season four episode we've done is Second Chance. And we just did that this year. Yeah. Oh, there's Quickie Nirvana, which may have been. Oh no, we did that one a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I'm I'm just looking through chronologically the as they aired episodes, trying to figure out which one is closest to what this is. What? Yeah, to what we're feeling. <laughs> uh, I guess it probably would be the end of season three. So let's yeah, end it. of season three probably. So what do we got here at the end of season three? We've got. Uh, did we do to serve and protect? Uh, that's the one that we just did. Yeah, we just did. Okay, yes. So that one hasn't aired yet. Oh, but that's the first part of this two-part. That's part the first it. part of this. That's the two-part first part of this yeah. two-part series. Well, it's the third to last episode of uh, season three. So, All okay. Right. So I'll take yeah, that. we're on track. We're on track. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need to make this a, uh, some, a comparison. I'll take that. Yeah. We're going to have our Rockford Files midlife crisis. Very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a new Rockford Files podcast out there. There is. I have not listened to it yet. I'm not, I haven't had a chance to listen to it either because uh, uh, I've been on the holidays and whatnot. But um, the, it's uh, uh, 853 OKG. Ah, yes. It's the, the license plate. So, yeah. Let me give that one a shot. Well, I would like to maybe finish this out with uh, uh, bringing up a, a letter from a listener. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is this the bandit check? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So uh, shout out to Sean Walsh, who sent an email. Uh, this was a while ago now. <laughs> but again, <laughs> in kind of the interregnum between our recordings. Um Asking if we were familiar with another NBC mystery movie detective, Thomas Banachek. Um, and I was not. I have not heard of this. I, I have seen episodes back in the day, uh, but only vaguely remember them. Yeah, so I, I was like, no, tell tell us more. Yes. Um, so I will uh, not read this whole thing verbatim because it is a <laughs> nice summary with with many good details. Um, but it was, it was one of the NBC mystery movies, uh, anthologies. So it was, you know, like, like Columbo airing kind yeah. of in a similar, uh, time, 1972 to 1974. And it was on Wednesdays. Columbo was the Sunday movie, right? 
But uh, the premise was that in each episode, a valuable and heavily insured object would vanish under mysterious or impossible circumstances. Naturally, the insurance company would investigate the disappearance. But if they were unable to recover the item, they would offer a finder's fee of 10% of the policy to anyone who could crack the case. Enter Thomas Banachek, a Polish-American playboy <laughs> with a fondness for thin cigars, beautiful women, and quoting obscure Polish p- proverbs like, The truly wise man never plays leapfrog with a unicorn. <laughs> Or, just because a dress is made from red satin doesn't mean it comes off easily. Uh, which is amazing. Yes. Um, and he was played by George Peppard. Pard. Or Peppard. Is that? I think so. That's how I've always pronounced it. But I pronounce things wrong. So. <laughs> but he noted here of A-team fame. Yeah. Is he the... He's Hannibal. Oh, he's Hannibal. Yes. Yeah. Um, so great yeah so there's a pilot in 16 hour and a half episodes um there's lots of spot the actor uh as i think with all of these shows in the 70s yeah <laughs> um structurally uh sean says one of the things i liked the most about the series was that it played fairly with the audience the mystery was the main thrust of the story so the audience gets so the audience got to see all the same clues that banachek did i personally find it very annoying when a book or tv show intentionally hides or obscures clues to keep the audience from figuring out the mystery before the detective Right. It's like hiding a piece of a jigsaw puzzle just so the other guy can't solve it first. Um, and that made me think of one of your uh, soapbox um, things uh, about doing things just to justify them to the audience where yeah, internally yeah. to the show, they don't make much sense. It's mm-hmm. kind of the inverse of that where it's like, we, we don't want you to figure this out because we want the big reveal to, to be uh, proving what a smart guy our detective is or whatever but you could not have figured it out because we did not give you all the information there's there's like these two sides to that particular like there's these two uh competing tropes there there's the one where the character just behaves that way even when they're alone except for the camera (laughs) and (laughs) right you're just like oh i guess they have to be the bad guy because there's no logical reason why they'd be behaving this way this unless they know they're being filmed and they're trying to trick us the audience watching and the other side of that are the 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 killers uh that reveal themselves like when they go to hug someone and we see their evil look on their face Mm -hmm. that now that no you know like the the reveal when only the audience can see them and i guess i'm suspicious of both which is unfair to all involved so uh (laughs) there's that um, I don't remember enough of Banachek to remember like uh, how it plays with all this, but I do like what I hear in yeah. the, in Sean's email. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he says that he's uh, he was a little surprised that he liked him so much as a character because he's uh, pretty much the polar opposite of Jim Rockford. Uh, Banachek is wealthy. <laughs> Rockford is not. Uh, Jim has a circle of friends and family that support him on his cases. Banachek seems to have no immediate family or close friends. I guess there's some recurring side characters, but... Yeah. It sounds like he's, you know, he's a lone wolf, uh, but he's cool and suave where Rockford is warm and charming. But it seems like this is a character that only works because the actor suits the role so well. And that's what makes it work Um, in the same way that, you know, Jim makes Jim work. (laughs) James Garner makes Jim work. Um, It is. It's it's really easy to start describing these characters to somebody with no experience with the character and then have even being aware that as you're describing them, they're starting to come off as the just a horrible person. <laughs> right. Not, not necessarily. I mean, Rockford has a moral center and all that, but you, he also is right and a little judgy and yeah. you're fine with that because of James Gardner. Mm-hmm. Right. You just, you feel like, yeah, he should be judgy about this. But if you, if, if, if you're not James Gardner and you're portraying this in any way, just telling people about the character, it's easy to come across as uh wait, this is a yeah. judgy, you know, ass. And I can definitely see uh, one of George Papard's characters being like charming. It, it just as Sean describes them, you know, like all of these horrible things, but mm. come on, get, you, you got to give him a break. Yeah. So I would say that my, my interest is, is officially peaked. Um, Sean says that the, there's a fabulous films release of the series from 2014 uh, and they are region two. So it might be something that you have to do some kind of work around for us oh, Americans yeah. in our region one, but there are older region one DVDs. I leave it to the audience to see if this can be tracked down. Um, 
in in a, a helpful viewable form anywhere. Um, but I'll take a look around for sure. Yeah. Um, and then two two other fun details. Uh, one is that. Uh, as we talk about kind of some of the production stuff with our show so much, um, there are only two seasons of, of this show, not due to the ratings, but because George Papard was going through a messy divorce and the terms of the settlement gave his ex-wife a percentage of his earnings for all of his projects. So he quit all of his acting jobs to keep her from getting any of that money. Oh, uh, Jesus. Which <laughs> is so just messed up on so many levels. Yeah. Uh. So like, oof. Um, and then uh, he ends with, uh, if you guys ever wanted to expand on your theories concerning finances and food as it relates to 70s detective shows, <laughs> Banachek has something to offer there as well. I did a little bit of quick research. If you're in region two, you can get season one for 20 bucks and then season two for another 20 bucks for a total of about 40 bucks. Uh, if you're in region one, like we are, it's only $400. Oh my God. For the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just part of the deductible. I wonder if like so many of these uh, other shows, if it, so, if it randomly came on to IMDb TV, but it does not appear to be. Uh, thank you, Sean, for that uh, wonderful, yes. for taking the time to do that wonderful write-up. We now have something to uh, to take a look at. Something aspirational. Yes. <laughs> uh, I I watched, I went and saw um, Knives Out. Uh, I've heard that it's great. I have not seen it yet, and I kind of would like to, to stay, you know, spo- spoiler-free. All right, spoiler-free. I will say this. I'll tell you what I told the internet. Uh, it is, as we say in this household, written. <laughs> the whole thing uh, is very tight. I really, really enjoyed. Uh, oh, I enjoyed all the performances and everything like that. But I also really enjoyed how how everything was written well together. Uh, and at no point, even though there's lots of twists and turns, at no point do I go, oh, "Come on, <laughs> right." Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that that's like uh, dangerous praise for movies like this because it's going to be like that to someone somehow in some respect. But for me, it worked. Uh, I very much enjoyed it. And uh, the one of the main characters' names is an allusion to a choose-your-own-adventure murder mystery I had as a kid <laughs> and still have to this day. And I was super happy when it came on screen and I did that thing that you do when a piece of popular culture mentions something that you, you like enjoyed yeah. as a kid. <laughs> it was like, oh, I know this thing. Quick, let me tell the whole theater. Right. Good job. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see it. I, I think Liz wants to see it, so we're kind of, if we can triangulate when it's still running around us that she actually wants to leave the house, yeah. we're going to try to see it. Uh, so, so far, I've, I've, I've heard nothing but good things, so I'm excited. All right, I think that's uh, pretty much brings us brings us up to date. Yeah, <laughs> that is that that was our expenses. Those were our expenses. I have no good. Uh, I have no good. I have no good segue. <laughs> uh, much like being released from prison after a number of years to go seek revenge, <laughs> yes. we shall release you from plus expenses and move on to our uh, to our main show. Yeah. All right, that's good. I like it. Well played. <laughs> uh,